is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Let me hear you. Time for Dodger Talk. Are you ready for the brand new thing? Let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vassay is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boy, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit Tankless Made Simple. And by Chevrolet. Buy new roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk, David Vassay. Welcome to Off Day Dodger Talk. David Vassay live at Dodger Stadium as the Dodgers are playing a six-inning simulated game. We are with you until 8 o'clock tonight right here on AM570 LA Sports. And you might want to get in now because joining us at some point between now and 8 o'clock will be Dodger third baseman, first baseman, second baseman, Max Muncy. He's going to take your phone calls, time permitting. And I don't know if uh, Muncy is still playing in the simulated game. I have to take uh, inventory, but uh, he is going to come up to the booth once uh, he is showered up and and join us for hopefully at least 30 minutes between now and 8 o'clock right here on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, During this simulated game, the Dodgers have had on Diamond Vision, both in left field and right field, the Padres-Mets wild card game, game one, which right now has the San Diego Padres leading the Mets 7-1 to in the top of the sixth inning. This was a game that Max Scherzer started. Yes, Max Scherzer, who uh, was MIA for the Dodgers in game six of the NLCS last year because of body fatigue, just not feeling good, maybe <laughs> free agency coming up. Uh, so that's uh, that's the situation at City Field, and the Mets' strategy going into this wild card series was to hold back Jacob Degrom unless they were in an elimination situation. And it appears that tomorrow in Game Two of this wild card series between the Dodgers and, or Padres and Mets, they will be in an elimination situation and will be forced to use Jacob Degrom. So that's a good thing for the Dodgers. So whether or not the Mets win this series or lose this series, they will have had to have pitched Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom in this three-game best-of-three wild-card series against the San Diego Padres. So already that looks like a win for the Dodgers as they sit back and play simulated games and set their pitching in order for Game 1 of the NLDS, which will be here at Dodgers Stadium next Tuesday. Whether it's the Padres and Mets still remains to be seen, but you Darvish and the Padres are leading New York 7-1. And let's face it, the Dodger players won't say this, but you have to imagine that they are rooting for the Padres to win this series, if nothing more than having the travel within California for the NLDS. Uh, That in itself is a big win for the Dodgers. And as we have seen over the course of time that Petco Park has been open, Dodger fans seem to take over Petco Park. So if the Dodgers and Padres were to play in an NLDS series, you would have to believe the Dodgers would have home field advantage in every one of those games. 
and another layer to that, not only to the travel, but also the home field advantage and the Dodger fans traveling to Petco Park. The other part of this is the Dodgers are in the Padres' heads. It's evident ever since last June. They are in their heads. And the Padres get way too emotional playing the Dodgers. Uh, they would be riding a wave of emotions if they're able to pull off this upset in the wild card series against the Mets. No doubt about it. But the Padres would have already burned two of their best pitchers in you Darvish and Blake Snell, who is scheduled to pitch tomorrow night. So whoever comes out of this series is going to be already at a disadvantage that they had to use two of their best pitchers and they're going to have to travel all the way from New York to Los Angeles to open up game one of the NLDS. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Earlier tonight, uh, during the simulated game, Freddie Freeman and Miguel Vargas went deep, and as the Dodgers get set for the postseason, they are being asked uh, about how they might define success in a season that saw them win 111 games more than any other season in Dodger baseball history and became only the seventh major league team to win 110 games. They finished with 111 by winning Wednesday's regular season finale that saw Clayton Kershaw have nine strikeouts in five innings. But the only question they're getting is, is this season a failure if they don't win the World Series? And Andrew Friedman was asked that question one from Bill Plaschke earlier today. I just don't see the world that black and white. Uh, it's absolutely our ultimate goal, which is to win a championship. For us, kind of compartmentalize the regular season, we have a goal. And it's to put us in the best position to go out and win a championship. And that's fair. Um, there's a lot of different ways to define success. Um, I talked to Clayton Kershaw about it, and look, he understands the expectations are a lot different for the Dodgers in 2022 than they were in 2013 when they had not made the postseason since 2009. And there was a new energy around the team with this ownership group that acquired Hanley Ramirez, Adrian Gonzalez, and you felt like the Dodgers were back and them making... The NLCS in 2013 was exciting in Los Angeles. The expectations were, all right, you made the postseason. You won the division for the first time since 2009. That's something we haven't seen in a while, and it gives us new hope that the Dodgers are back. They, they lost in disappointing fashion in the NLCS in St. Louis in Game 6. Matt Carpenter and the Cardinals beat Clayton Kershaw. And then the following year, Matt Adams and the Cardinals beat Clayton Kershaw in the NLDS. But, as the time, but ever since 2013 and 2014, the expectations have grown larger. And I remember the disappointment that the Dodgers had in 2015 losing in five games to the Mets in the NLDS. Who can forget Daniel Murphy being the difference with a home run off of Zach Greinke here at Dodgers Stadium. And here we are in 2022, uh, three National League pennants later, a bubble World Series championship in 2020. The expectations are to win a championship. And here's what Freddie Freeman said about the Dodgers and the edge they may have or have lost 
the last couple of weeks of the year? I think so. I mean, we won 111 games. Um, Got to keep the edge for a long time to be able to do something like that. Um, every day you come to the yard, if there's a game you expect to win, and that's what we did. Um, anytime you, every time you step on a field, the other team can beat you, and you got to be able to be able at your best, and I think we did that very well. All right, that was Freddie Freeman at his locker earlier today, and one thing he added as well was the keys to winning the World Series or making a run to the World Series is getting good starting pitching and also having timely home runs. I mean, let's face it, that's part of the game. Those are knockout blows, and uh, the Dodgers saw that happen to them last year. Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson did that for the Braves. If you go back to the 2019 season, um, Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon did that for the Nationals. If you go back to the Dodgers run in 2020, Cody Bellinger maybe had the biggest NLCS home run for the Dodgers since Mike Sosha in the NLCS in 1988. When I think back to three of the biggest NLCS home runs in Dodger history, it's Mike Sosha's against Dwight Gooden in 1988 in Game 4 of that series. It's Rick Monday's home run in Montreal in Game 5 of the uh, NLCS to send them to the World Series. And then it's Cody Bellinger's home run. Go-ahead home run in Game 7 of the NLCS. And it was off uh, one of his teammates now, Chris Martin, who the Dodgers acquired at the trade deadline. So uh, for me, those are some of the big moments that define a World Series run. And the Dodgers certainly have had their share. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Kevin in Culver City. You're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Kevin. Hey, David. How you doing, brother? Everything's great as the simulated game continues. I just want to say wonderful season. Um, it was great seeing Clayton Kershaw out there get the win. I, you know, in my opinion, this is why I think he's the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, you saw what your friend Scherzer did tonight. I, I love Kershaw. Best pitcher in baseball, bar none. And I feel good about him starting out the, the series. I really do. I think he's our ace. I love you, Julio. I think Clayton is on, on a roll, and I just love his stuff. As for Freddie Freeman, what a season. This guy has picked us up. Great, great all-around hitter. Probably our best overall hitter since Mike Piazza. He kind of reminds me of Sean Casey a little bit, the way he hits that home run or the way he hits his hitting style. But I just love watching him play. And I'm going to say something. I'm going to go on the limb. If we play the Padres, because I think we will, whoever wins that series is going to win the World Series. And like you said, the Padres have a great rotation. But when I called a couple weeks ago, I felt like that playoff, that, that series was a tune-up when we beat them in San Diego. And I loved how we came out and competed. And I think we have that psychological edge in their head, and I think we're ready for them. I think we'll be game for them, and I think they're still going to be thinking about our pitches in, our, in, the, in their head. I think that's a great matchup. I think we're going to play the Padres, and I think we're going to beat them. I think we're battle-tested, and I think this team can win the World Series. I know you were very adamant about it in 2020. How do you feel this season? Do you think we can win the World Series? I really feel like we're going to win it. As a matter of fact, we will win it. This team is ready to do it, and I love our bullpen. All right, Kevin. Thank you for the phone call. And, yeah, I do believe they can win the World Series. I know Harold Reynolds said on Dan Patrick's show that he believes the Dodgers are overrated. I don't know how you could be overrated considering everybody on the East Coast has been talking up the New York Mets like they're going to win the World Series when 
they coughed up the division in Atlanta, and they're stuck in this wild card series. They were 11 games worse than the Dodgers. I know everybody on the East Coast was hoping for the Mets-Yankees World Series, but after tonight's game, I'm not sure that's going to happen. And quite honestly, even if the Mets get through the Padres, uh, beating them in three games, they are at a significant disadvantage. So uh, for me, the Dodgers are in great position to make a run. Uh, because of the playoff schedule as well. It remind, reminds me of the 2020 season where there were no days off during a postseason play and the Dodgers had the depth to get through all that. And it kind of feels the same way with only one day off in the NLDS and NLCS. So that's where it's at. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers simulated game is still going on. Max Muncy is on the field at third base. Once he's all done with this, he'll come up and uh, we'll talk shop with Max Muncy. Let's go out to Jaime in LA. You're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Jaime. Hi, it's well, Jamie, but Jaime works too. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing great. I, I, uh, I just wanted to call in and, and offer everyone in LA that's been a belly hater all season a blanket chance at getting on the belly train before the playoffs start because you alluded to it earlier. The guy's a gamer in the playoffs. I mean, he's the reason that they won the World Series the first time. He's not the only reason, but he's the only reason they got in pretty much. So I just I wanted to thank you for alluding to that earlier because I think we have the belly resurgence about to happen, and I'm just really excited about it. I think they're going to take it off. Yeah, and uh, quite honestly, we started to see the Cody Bellinger that we saw at the end of last year, the last 11 games. He hit 345. He drove in 10 runs, yeah. and he's an October player the last few years. So I wouldn't count yeah. him out. I wouldn't cr count Chris Taylor out because they totally. have the credit of Chris what Taylor they have too. done. They've, pro they've proven it before. Exactly. They've proven it in the really tough spots, and they just kind of had a couple of downtimes during the, you know, not-so-tough spots when everybody else is just hitting like crazy. So I think they're just going to get on at the right time. Everybody's just, I think, just gets just keyed up and is just going to hit it at the right time. I think it's looking great for us. All right, I love the optimism, Jamie. Thank you for the phone call. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll take more phone calls. 866-987-2570 as the Dodgers are still playing a simulated game. Hopefully it ends in time for Max Muncy to get up here and uh, spend some time with us and maybe even take some of your phone calls at 866-987-2570. David Vasse live at Dodger Stadium and until 8 o'clock tonight, right here on AM570 LA Sports. AM570. Dodger Talk is available on AM570LASports.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Back to more Dodger Talk with Dodger Insider, David Vassay. David Vassay live at Dodger Stadium. This is off day Dodger talk with you until eight o'clock tonight. The Dodgers are playing a simulated game. They got the regulars in there and also they've um, called back some familiar faces that we haven't seen in a while. Edwin Rios, Kevin Pillar, James Outman, Victor Gonzalez all in the house tonight for this simulated game. Great to see all of them. 
James Altman had a tremendous season at AAA Oklahoma City. I know all of us got a taste of what he can do and what the future has in store, so uh, great to see him. Max Muncy is actually going to uh, lead off this part of the simulated game, which is supposed to go six or seven innings tonight. And once Muncy is done, he will come up to the booth if time permits. So hopefully uh, this last part of the simulated game will, uh, will carry on a little quick. And on deck right now is Cody Bellinger. We just had a caller called in, call in and say he believes in Cody Bellinger, and why wouldn't you in October? He's had one of the biggest postseason home runs back in 2020. He's made tremendous defensive plays, and there's an argument to be made that him and Chris Taylor were two of the hottest hitters for the Dodgers last postseason. And on the last day of the regular season, I had a chance to catch up with Cody and reflect on where his season started and where it's at now. You know, you play this game for a reason. You know, it's probably the hardest game in the world to be successful at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you find that success, it's it's a pretty good feeling. And so, you know, when you've had that success, you know it's in there, and you keep fighting to get that back. I've heard when you're a hitter and you're in a slump, sometimes even going to the grocery store, everybody's a hitting coach. So how have you been able to tune some people out and maybe just focus in on a couple of voices? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, no one really knows how hard this is unless you play it, you know what I mean? So uh, just block out all the noise, um, understand that, um, you know, what I got in this locker room is special and the guys have my back and um, just trying to be a good teammate and a good competitor. And um, at the end of the day, you know, just feeling comfortable and, and helping these guys win, win is, is the only thing that matters. And that was part of Cody Bellinger on our pregame show on Wednesday morning. If you want to hear the full conversation with Cody, you can go to the iHeartRadio app. And uh, I'm a firm believer in clutch performers, guys that have done it before. And look, whatever happened in the regular season for anybody, it's all zeros now. And all you can go on is guys that know how to play in October and slow the game down and the moments aren't too big. And Bellinger certainly has proven that. 866-987-2570. Our guy Max Muncy struck out in his at-bat and Cody Bellinger just flew out part of this simulated game. And I believe that's Justin Brule on the mound for the Dodgers right now facing the Dodgers as well. <laughs> Let's go back out to the phones. Let's go out to Lily in Texas listening to us on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, Lily. You're on Dodger Talk. Hey, Dave, thanks for taking my call. It's an exciting night of baseball. Yeah, do you think my the Padres are going to close this out? Do you think not only do they win this game, but do you think they win the series and play the Dodgers? Yeah, I think because there's too much pressure on the Mets being in New York. Um, and the Padres, you know, they're out there having fun. I think they're going to pull it off, pull an upset. All right, let's see if that happens. I would enjoy that. I would like driving down to San Diego. Weather's good, right? Weather's better probably than New York. Yeah. What do you think about the Dodgers' chances? How do you view uh, the Dodgers' season if they don't win the World Series? Are you an all-or-nothing type of person, Lily, or can you concede they've had a great year and a very entertaining summer? Yeah, I've heard you ask this question several times in the last week. And I'm going to go with it's a historical moment that one needs to appreciate. Yes, it would all be great. We're all spoiled fans that, you know, we got to win the World Series. But you got to appreciate what they've done and, and, and the work it takes to even get to the World Series, let alone win it. So I, I would not be bashing them, you know, 
in November, I guess, if, if it doesn't happen. Although if it's against the Astros, then maybe I might throw a tantrum. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be tough for all of us to swallow. But hopefully, if the Dodgers get there, uh, they will win it. And they have the pitching depth to do it, especially in a condensed schedule. Uh, you need to have some depth to get through this postseason. And that's why the Mets and Padres are both at a already disadvantage coming into the NLDS, no matter who wins this series. And right now, the Padres look like they're going to take game one and will only need one more win at City Field to come to Dodger Stadium and participate in the NLDS. And it's kind of um, eerie how similar this could line up for the Dodgers because if you remember in 2020, they beat the Padres in the NLDS. Then they went on to come back and beat the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. So it could be an identical road for the Dodgers in 2022. Let's go out to Chino Hills. Justin, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Justin. Hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good. I just wanted to say you're the best in the business, buddy. Nobody chops it up like you do. Um, hey, I, I really want to beat up on the Mets. Uh, I get tired of beating up on little brother. Brother beat up on the new kid for once. Um, and then I kind of want a piece of Scherzer since he quit on us last year. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, you would only have to see him once in the NLDS since he already pitched tonight, and that's the good news because if they have to use DeGrom like it looks like they will have to use him tomorrow, then the Mets are only going to be able to use both of those pitchers once in a best-of-five series. Yeah. Um, how do you feel with the Dodgers' closing situation? It's never really been done before in the playoffs without having a guy. You know, no, that's not true. Situation. The, the Red Sox did it against the Dodgers in 2018. Their closer, oh. tell me if you remember this name, Craig Kimbrell. He was removed from the closer role on their road to the World Series. And do you remember uh, who closed right. out Game 5? It was Chris Sale. Yep, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so it has been done before. And if yeah, Blake yep. Trinan is healthy and is on this roster... And as we get further into the postseason and he stretches out more, there's a good chance they could use him in the ninth inning a few different times. Oh, right, right on. Hey, uh, Cody Bellinger, MVP, NL, NLDS. All right, I like that, Justin. Thanks for the phone call. Let's go out to Huntington Beach. Terrence, you're on with David Vasse live from Dodger Stadium. Hi, Terrence. Whoa. Hey, what's going on, Dave? How you doing? Are you in a car wash, Terrence? Where are you at? Yeah, pretty much in my car driving home right now. I just had a quick question in regards to uh, the bench and the taxi squad. Um, you know, I keep hearing Miguel Vargas, and I've seen him play. Why do we keep seeing this guy come out when you got guys that are from the AAA OKC, like James Outman, who actually performed when they came to the major league level, yet Vargas continues to struggle, and we give him a longer and longer leash. Well, I disagree with that. I, he barely got any playing time. I actually would have liked to have seen him get more at-bats at the end of the regular season. I mean, isn't that why you called him up? But I understand what the Dodgers were trying to do. They were trying to get their uh, three left fielders back on track in Chris Taylor, Joey Gallo, and Trace Thompson. So, And you had Freddie Freeman playing every day at first base, so there wasn't enough playing time. But Terrence, the reason why James Altman did not get an opportunity is because they had Joey Gallo. They were committed to that. And then, uh, as far as the last man on the bench for the Dodgers, it's going to be a right-handed bat. 
And let's face it, Anser Alberto is known more for his glove than he is for his bat, and that's why I believe uh, Vargas would be the guy. It does seem like, though, that Hanser has come through in, 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 in just about every situation a lot more than, than has Vargas. Has he? What situations has he come I, through in? I, and every time I see him, the guy's batting, you know, what, 240, 230? Vargas is what, 160, 170? Oh, come on. The sample size is so much different. You, you, can't, you can't compare those two guys. It, it, it is, but I'm seeing a lot. AM570. Dodger Talk is available on AM570LASports.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Back to more Dodger Talk with Dodger insider David Vassay. David Vassay live at Dodger Stadium. This is off day Dodger talk with you until 8 o'clock tonight. The Dodgers are playing a simulated game. They got the regulars in there, and also they've um, called back some familiar faces that we haven't seen in a while. Edwin Rios, Kevin Pillar, James Outman, Victor Gonzalez, all in the house tonight for this simulated game. Great to see all of them. James Outman had a tremendous season at AAA Oklahoma City. I know all of us got a taste of what he can do and what the future has in store, so uh, great to see him. Max Muncy is actually going to uh, lead off this part of the simulated game, which is supposed to go six or seven innings tonight. And once Muncy is done, he will come up to the booth if time permits. So hopefully uh, this last part of the simulated game will, uh, will carry on a little quick. And on deck right now is Cody Bellinger. We just had a caller called in, call in and say he believes in Cody Bellinger, and why wouldn't you in October? He's had one of the biggest postseason home runs back in 2020. He's made tremendous defensive plays, and there's an argument to be made that him and Chris Taylor were two of the hottest hitters for the Dodgers last postseason. And on the last day of the regular season, I had a chance to catch up with Cody and reflect on where his season started and where it's at now. You know, you play this game for a reason. You know, it's probably the hardest game in the world to be successful at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you find that success, it's it's a pretty good feeling. And so, you know, when you've had that success, you know it's in there, and you keep fighting to get that back. I've heard when you're a hitter and you're in a slump, sometimes even going to the grocery store, everybody's a hitting coach. So how have you been able to tune some people out and maybe just focus in on a couple of voices? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, no one really knows how hard this is unless you play it, you know what I mean? So uh, just block out all the noise, um, understand that, um, you know, what I got in this locker room is special and the guys have my back and um, just trying to be a good teammate and a good competitor. And um, at the end of the day, you know, just feeling comfortable and, and helping these guys win, win is, is the only thing that matters. And that was part of Cody Bellinger on our pregame show on Wednesday morning. If you want to hear the full conversation with Cody, you can go to the iHeartRadio app. And uh, I'm a firm believer in clutch performers, guys that have done it before. And look, whatever happened in the regular season for anybody, it's all zeros now. And all you can go on is guys that know how to play in October and slow the game down and the moments aren't too big. And 
Bellinger certainly has proven that. 866-987-2570. Our guy Max Muncy struck out in his at-bat, and Cody Bellinger just flew out part of this simulated game. And I believe that's Justin Brule on the mound for the Dodgers right now, facing the Dodgers as well. <laughs> Let's go back out to the phones. Let's go out to Lily in Texas listening to us on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, Lily. You're on Dodger Talk. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. It's an exciting night of baseball. Yeah, do you think my the Padres are going to close this out? Do you think not only do they win this game, but do you think they win the series and play the Dodgers? Yeah, I think because there's too much pressure on the Mets being in New York. Um, and the Padres, you know, they're out there having fun. I think they're going to pull it off, pull an upset. All right, let's see if that happens. I would enjoy that. I would like driving down to San Diego. Weather's good, right? Weather's better probably than New York. Yeah. What do you think about the Dodgers' chances? How do you view uh, the Dodgers' season if they don't win the World Series? Are you an all-or-nothing type of person, Lily, or can you concede they've had a great year and a very entertaining summer? Yeah, I've heard you ask this question several times in the last week. And I'm going to go with it's a historical moment that one needs to appreciate. Yes, it would all be great. We're all spoiled fans that, you know, we got to win the World Series, but you got to appreciate what they've done and, and, and the work it takes to even get to the World Series, let alone win it. So I, I would not be bashing them, you know, in November, I guess, if, if it doesn't happen. Although if it's against the Astros, then maybe I might throw a tantrum. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be tough for all of us to swallow, but hopefully if the Dodgers get there, uh, they will win it. And they have the pitching depth to do it, especially in a condensed schedule. Uh, you need to have some depth to get through this postseason, and that's why the Mets and Padres are both at a already disadvantage coming into the NLDS, no matter who wins this series. And right now, the Padres look like they're going to take Game 1 and will only need one more win at City Field to come to Dodger Stadium and participate in the NLDS. And it's kind of um, eerie how similar this could line up for the Dodgers because if you remember in 2020, they beat the Padres in the NLDS. Then they went on to come back and beat the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. So it could be an identical road for the Dodgers in 2022. Let's go out to Chino Hills. Justin, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Justin. Hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good. I just wanted to say you're the best in the business, buddy. Nobody chops it up like you do. Um, hey, I, I really want to beat up on the Mets. Uh, I get tired of beating up on little brother. Brother beat up on the new kid for once. Um, and then I kind of want a piece of Scherzer since he quit on us last year. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, you would only have to see him once in the NLDS since he already pitched tonight, and that's the good news because if they have to use DeGrom like it looks like they will have to use him tomorrow, then the Mets who are, are only going to be able to use both of those pitchers once in a best-of-five series. Yeah. Um, how do you feel with the Dodgers' closing situation? It's never really been done before in the playoffs without having a guy. You know, no, that's not true. No, the Red Sox did it against the Dodgers in 2018. Their closer, oh. tell me if you remember this name, Craig Kimbrell. He was removed from the closer role on their road to the World Series. And do you remember uh, who closed right. out Game 5? It was Chris Sale. Yep, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so it has been done before. 
And if Blake Trinan is healthy and is on this roster, and as we get further into the postseason and he stretches out more, there's a good chance they could use him in the ninth inning a few different times. Right, right on. Hey, uh, Cody Bellinger, MVP, NLDS. All right, I like that, Justin. Thanks for the phone call. Let's go out to Huntington Beach. Terrence, you're on with David Vasse, live from Dodger Stadium. Hi, Terrence. Whoa. Hey, what's going on, Dave? How you doing? Are you in a car wash, Terrence? Where are you at? Yeah, pretty much in my car driving home right now. I just had a quick question in regards to uh, the bench and the taxi squad. Um, you know, I keep hearing Miguel Vargas, and I've seen him play. Why do we keep seeing this guy come out when you got guys that are from the AAA OKC, like James Outman, who actually performed when they came to the major league level, yet Vargas continues to struggle and we give him a longer and longer leash? Well, I disagree with that. I, he barely got any playing time. I actually would have liked to have seen him get more at-bats at the end of the regular season. I mean, isn't that why you called him up? But I understand what the Dodgers were trying to do. They were trying to get their uh, three left fielders back on track in Chris Taylor, Joey Gallo, and Trace Thompson. So, And you had Freddie Freeman playing every day at first base, so there wasn't enough playing time. But Terrence, the reason why James Altman did not get an opportunity is because they had Joey Gallo. They were committed to that. And then... Uh, as far as the last man on the bench for the Dodgers, it's going to be a right-handed bat. And let's face it, Anser Alberto is known more for his glove than he is for his bat, and that's why I believe uh, Vargas would be the guy. It does seem like, though, that Hanser has come through in, 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 in just about every situation a lot more than, than has Vargas. He? What situations has he come I through in? I, and every time I see him, the guy's batting, you know, what, 240, 230? Vargas is what, 160, 170? Oh, come on. The sample size is so much different. You, you, can't, you can't compare those two guys. It, it, it is, but I'm seeing a lot of infield flies, really bad chase strikeouts versus, you know, Hanser chases, but when he makes contact, He's sending that ball off the bat at 100 miles an hour versus little bloopers. Listen, he has 159 plate appearances, 25 strikeouts, and three walks. That's not really a great ratio for a guy that only has no, two I, home I, runs. I agree with you there. Uh, the sample size is slow, but wouldn't you want a proven bat when you're trying to battle for a championship? No, I want a good bat. <laughs> what's, the, what's the proof? This year it hasn't, it hasn't really come to fruition here right that's my point right Vargas hasn't come to fruition no no I'm saying I'm saying the other guy that you're talking about it hasn't come to fruition for him this year I mean he's more known for for, yeah he's more known for pitching than he is uh, anything else (laughs) right Right. good point okay I think there's more thunder I feel like there's more thunder like one swing of the bat thunder with Miggy Vargas Possibly. But, hey, real quick, why? how about Evan Phillips as our closer? That guy's been lights out all year long. He has been, but uh, the Dodgers need him to be the guy that puts out fires in the 6th, 7th, or 8th innings. He's their super reliever. 
Uh, that's why you don't want to box them in to just the ninth inning. Uh, so, a lot of times, Terrence, these games are won or lost way before the ninth inning, and that's why he's been so special. In fact, he's only allowed two inherited runners to score. So not only has he been lights out, but even more with runners on base to prevent them from scoring. Yeah, that's what I heard is that any high leverage situation like against the Pirates or Padres, rather, when they're coming upon their, their heavy lineup with, um, you know, Soto and, and Machado, that they're going to put in Evan Phillips for that matchup. And that makes sense. Yep, sure does. Thanks for the phone call, Terrence. Looking forward to an exciting October with the Dodgers, and we will have that for you all October long right here on AF570 LA Sports. We're going to take a time out here on Dodger Talk when we come back. Uh, the simulated game is over. There's some players that are getting extra at-bats. Kevin Pilar, Ansel Alberto, Miguel Vargas all getting extra at-bats at the end of this uh, practice session for the Dodgers. And we'll see whether or not Max Muncy can make it up in the booth in time. Got to get out of that uniform, shower up, and hopefully uh, there's a little bit of time for him to uh, come on the show. I was not expecting a simulated game to go seven innings long tonight, but Hey, that's the priority as the Dodgers get ready for game one of the NLDS, which will be here at Dodger Stadium on Tuesday. When we continue as we wait for Max Muncie, we'll get into the last few spots of the postseason roster. We'll give you an update on Chris Taylor, and also you'll hear from Gavin Luck. So a lot to get to between now and 8 o'clock right here on AM570 LA Sports. On air at AM570, online at am570lasports.com, and available by podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This is Dodger Talk with David Bassett. David Bassey live at Dodgers Stadium as the Dodgers have wrapped up their simulated games. Some players are getting extra at-bats, and can you believe this? Our guy, Max Muncy, promised he would come up to the booth, and here he is, taking off his uniform just in his uh, workout clothes. Muncy, this is really impressive. Thank you. Yeah, anything for you, David. Man, this is really awesome. I mean, usually guys take their time. They got a shower, but you knew that I was on the air until 8 o'clock. The fans wanted to talk to you, and here you are. Yeah, I was told you only had 30 minutes of air, so I thought you were locked in a box or something. Uh, so I want to make, get up here and make sure you were doing all right. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. And this segment of Dodger Talk is presented by First Five California. So these simulated games, it felt like you guys, like all season long, really kept as much of an edge as you possibly can in this situation. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a little different. Um, this, this this actually felt uh, a lot like 2020. Yeah. Um, you know, no one in the stands. Uh, at least in 2020, we had the uh, the crowd noise uh, being pumped through the speakers. But um, you know, it, it makes for a kind of a, a a fun event. You know, because we got guys just talking, and uh, you know, there's no noise to block it out, so you can hear what everyone's saying, and everyone's kind of you know giving giving each other. Uh, you know, everyone's talking smack to each other. And nice. So it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's just it's just fun, and uh, you know, Hanser's out there having a great time. You hear him whether he's in the dugout or in the field, and uh, him and Joey are going back and forth across the field. Uh, it, you know, it just—it's it, kind of a fun environment, and it's a—you uh, um, know—it's—it's it's really almost needed because it just—you uh, know—it just—it kind of brings the fun back into the game. You—you you spend all year kind of grinding on it, and um, 
you know, I, I, this team doesn't really have to worry about that, but uh, it's almost like you're just playing backyard baseball. Since it is a, a workout night and you still have a couple of more days before you even know your opponent, can we reflect on a record-setting season for the Dodgers? 111 wins. You guys became just the seventh team in Major League Baseball history to accomplish that. Have you had a chance to say, wow, I was part of one of the best teams uh, that the Dodgers have ever had? Uh, no, I don't think anyone uh, in the clubhouse is really, really thinking like that. Um, you know, obviously we had a great year. No one, we're, you know, we all know that. But uh, 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 the, doesn't, the regular season doesn't really mean anything until we, you know, we take care of business in a couple of days. And uh, um, but at the same time, it was a very special year, and it was fun to be a part of it. And uh, uh, I think everyone in the clubhouse would agree we should have had several more wins. But um, you know, that's just the, the way baseball goes. And uh, it doesn't always work out how you want it to sometimes. Max Muncie is joining us live at Dodger Stadium. He's up in the booth. He uh, rushed up here after the simulated game was over. 866-987-2570 if you have a question for Max Muncie, who, as we were talking about earlier, is one of those Dodgers that is a postseason performer. What kind of mentality do you have to have to be an October performer, Muncie? Uh, do you have to treat it just like uh, any other day? I mean, what makes a guy like you and others uh, perform as well as you have? You know, I think uh, I credit it to our, um, you know, our approach, our game plan, um, the way we, we, we plan out how we're going to attack the other team. And, uh, you know, in the postseason, it's just it's everything's magnified. Um, you know, we have we have scouts that are sitting there watching teams right now spending, uh, you know, full days just going over all the information and and relaying it to us. And so, uh, you know, it just I think it's a it, it, it's a really good effort from the from the top all the way to the bottom to that allows us to play good on the field. Um, you know, we have so much information. We have so much uh talent and we're just able to put it all together when you talk about information uh i've always heard so, well i haven't always heard i've heard in some respects there is paralysis by analysis especially as a hitter so how do you filter the information and still be an athlete and compete in the batter's box well at, at the end of the day you have to go out there and play um you know the game is not played on paper um it doesn't matter what something says, you know, you can take whatever you want and you can analyze whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you still have to get in the batter's box and you have to hit the baseball moving at you. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's not an easy feat. And, uh, you know, those guys are doing the same thing. They're looking at the same information um, on how to get us out. And uh, or if they're, the you know, the opposing hitters, they're looking at how they're going to hit our pitchers. And so it's 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 a chess match. It really is a chess match. So, uh, you know, you take all the information, you store it in your head and you think about it. But when when it comes down time to it, you still got to get in box and play and you can't be thinking about anything so you know you when you're in the dugout when you're on the on deck circle that's when you're going over it over in your head and then when you get in the batter's box you flush it and you just go out there and play max muncie is our guest on dodger talk he is going to take your questions at 866-987-2570 we have two lines open right now max uh one thing that you reminded me of uh you haven't been able to be in this position ready for the first game of the NLDS uh, in a couple of years. I, I think back to last year, specifically on the last day of the regular season, your injury, your elbow injury, uh, how tough was it for you? And now that you're able to do this, how, how grateful are you that you're part of this? Yeah, uh, you know, that's one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through, um, and it's, it's stuck with me for sure. Uh, you know, this, this past week of games, really, um, you drive into the field every day, and 
uh, it, it's kind of sitting in the back of your head. And, uh, uh, you know, me, me and my wife, Kelly, we got a little bit superstitious. Um, we had family day and, uh, last year it was family day on the day I got hurt. And, uh, you know, when she came to the game, she had Sophie and Jack's our dog. Um, this year she wasn't going to bring Jack's cause she, you know, we just, we, we thought that was bad luck that we did that last year. And so, uh, you know, every day I showed up to the field, I was like, man, I just, I got to get through this game. Got to get through this game. Got to get through this game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it, you, you can try to get over it as much as you want, but it just kind of lingers there. And so it's, uh, uh, it's nice to get past that point and, um, yeah, it's nice to be out there doing stuff with the guys and, uh, you know, getting ready for the game. Yeah, when you look at uh, last year, it must have been so frustrating for you not to be able to help your team go further in the postseason. But here you are now, and, man, it's been a long road for you, Max. Uh, nothing comes easy in this game, and you proved that again. No, and, uh, you know, it's, that's that's the nature of baseball. Nothing's easy in the game at all. Even the best players out there, they have a, they have a tough time. Um, you know, if... The, the old saying, you fail 70% of the time, yeah. you're a Hall of Famer. Um, and so it, baseball is not an easy sport. And, uh, you know, I just got – I got a – I had to get over the, the, the roadblock. And, um, you know, we, we, it took a little bit of time, but we, we, we got there. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready to go. And uh, I'm ready to help the team win. All right, Max, you ready to take some phone calls from fans? Absolutely. All let's right, it. let's do it. Let's start out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Robbie, you're on Dodger Talk with Max Muncy. Say hello. Hey, Dave. Hey, Max. It's great to be on the air with you guys. Um, Max, first of all, I just want to say I was, David was one of your biggest fans throughout the season. And, and there were a bunch of us who were just rooting for you, you know, all throughout and, you know, knew that like, it was just a matter of time before you came around. So, you know, I just want to say how much, you know, there's a lot of Dodger fans that have been with you throughout, and uh, we're happy to see you succeeding now and um, looking forward to the postseason. My question um, is, so, you know, Albuquerque has been a big Dodger town for a long, long time. Now we're with the Rockies, whatever. Um but I'm curious to hear what your experience was, if you were ever, when when you were in the minor leagues, what your experience was in Albuquerque. Well, first off, thank you. Um, you know, that's something that I, I never doubted. Um, Dodger fans are the best. Uh, you know, I, I knew that they always had my back. And, you know, even if, if some didn't, uh, I've always said that's their right as a fan. Um, they want their team to play the best. And if someone's not performing to their to their ability, that's that's their right to, to be upset with them. You know, I've always held my ground on that. And, uh, you know, as tough as it is sometimes, it, that's a fan's right. And But uh, the majority of Dodger fans, like I said, you, you know, they're the best in the world. So I didn't really have to worry about that too much. Um, as for the Albuquerque question. Um, <laughs> Random. No, it's not random. He, he, he wants to know. He wants to know about his town. Um, you know, it was. I, I remember Albuquerque being a tough place to play because it's super high altitude. Um, the clubhouse is at the top of the stadium, so you have to walk up like four or five flights of stairs just to get to the clubhouse. And so, uh, you know, you go out and you hit BP and you're gassed, and then you have to walk up those stairs, and then you're even more gassed, and then you got to walk <laughs> back down the stairs to go play the game. Um, and then I remember the hill in center field, which uh, I think I just saw something the other day that they are taking that hill out, which is, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. That was a unique part of that ballpark, but, um, 
Yeah, I, did, I just I remember it being a, a really nice, really nice stadium, really nice place to play. I was thinking your eyes were going to light up because of the high altitude. A lot of home runs. Uh, well, they also had really bad shadows, if I remember there. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, it was a little tough to see the ball. 866-987-2570. And really, Max, you've been here for five seasons, and it feels like the first day you showed up, the fans have really taken to you. Uh, do you feel that energy from the fans that you have a lot of support more than maybe some some players ever get in their home hometown ballpark? Absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, uh, I've been asked that question before, and I said that I think it's because Dodger fans are smart and they they respect players that play as hard as they can and play the game the right way, and that's something that I've always tried to do. Um, if I hit a ground ball, I'm going to run it out hard. If I, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go out there and give everything I got every single day, and it doesn't matter what the situation is. I'm just I'm not gonna give up, and I think fans respect that. You played a lot of third base this year, more than I remember in a, quite some time, and you handled it really well. For everybody saying second base is your best position, seemed like uh, you found a home there this year. Yeah, you know I, I got pretty comfortable over there. It was um, uh, third base to me is one of those positions where uh, I I. Uh, I don't think you can play it once in a while. I think it's too hard of a position. I think if, if you're someone that's going to play there, you need to be playing it consistently. And so in the past, that was something that um, I hadn't always done. Uh, you know, it was one, once a week or once every two weeks, I'd go over there and give JT a day off. Or, um, you know, if he was hurt, I'd be over there. Or just if something happened, you know, I'd be over there playing third. And it was, one, you know, kind of once in a blue moon thing. And I think it's a really tough position to, to play when you're doing that, especially when the majority of my time is coming on the right side of the field. Um, and so I just think as the year went on, I got more and more comfortable over there, and uh, now I really enjoy it. That's the voice of the great Max Muncy. He is joining us tonight live from Dodger Stadium. Let's go out to Hacienda Heights. Christopher, what's your question for that funky Muncy? Well, that, that's interesting that you just talked about positions, and um, I, my curiosity was uh, for Max. Hi, hey, Max. Um, so you play second and third, and, and you're also a first baseman, correct? So um, do you find the challenge at third, like just uh, like, like what you were just talking about, do you find that uh, the, uh, that it kind of you got to step up your game at, at third as opposed to maybe second? Or is it uh, like how do, you, how, do you, how do you get into that mindset? And the other question, uh, do you catch too? I mean, are you like – <laughs> are, are you also a catcher? Because you're 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 kind of an overall like I look at I look at the history of the Dodgers and and uh, we've had so many good players like yourself, Max. That, Don't, that doesn't he play enough positions. positions, Chris? I mean, now you're throwing catcher in there too. That's tough on his knees. We need him to play and get four at bats every day. Uh, are you the Dodgers' emergency catcher? Um, I think I am. So <laughs> I, I actually did catch my whole life. And uh, going into college, I, I caught every single year in fall, like in fall practices. Um, and then I played first base in the spring. And then when I got to Oakland, uh, there were several circumstances where um, the catcher was down for two days. And so I became the backup catcher for, you know, multiple times. Um, and so, you know, when I came over here, that was always the question is, hey, if we need you to catch, can you do it? <laughs> And, you know, I don't like to answer that question because it puts it out there, and that's not really something I want to do. Those guys take a beating. I have a lot of respect for catchers. Um, you know, they, they, they take an absolute beating yeah. back there, and hitting becomes really hard when you're a catcher. 
Uh, and I think in, when you look around the league at the catchers that are really good hitters, including our very own with Will 